The Good Neighbor Network, FM 101.9 and AM 1450 Murfreesboro, FM 100.5 Smyrna, and online at WGNSRadio.com. Show give you the truth about personal finance. This is Financial Coaching Radio, and I'm your host, Jason Qualls, certified financial planner, one of the only independent commission free financial advisors in Rutherford County. For all about me, check out Jason Qualls, CFP.com. Questions, comments, disagreements, social media links, email links at financialcoachingradio.com. Hit me up if you prefer. Let's talk about social media financial advice. Is social media a good place to get your financial advice? I'll pose you this question. Is social media a good place to get any advice? <laughs> and it's our news outlets, right? It's the first place we can go. We can see you know, advertisements for things that we may or may not be interested in because our phone is tracking everything we do. But also, you know, news and and the more we kind of get involved in liking and sharing and all this, the, the, the apps and the algorithms learn what we, we're into and not into and starts to over-inundate us with information on those topics. And as we have learned in the last decade, that we always have known is you really can't trust everything you see, you can't trust everything you read, and not even everything you hear, and I guess see would be if you see it with your own eyes, but we're looking at just watching. You know, we got videos today that can be altered with uh, artificial intelligence that will look like it's a video of this person saying this, and it's not. So I don't know if we could see or hear or trust everything we see, hear, or, or read. And it goes to the truth on, the, on YouTube or, 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 or TikTok. If you're getting, it may spark an idea for you to go learn more, but you have to remember the person's agenda that's creating the content. They're creating, they're wanting followers. They're wanting their information to be shared. They're wanting as much clicks and, 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 and interaction with their followers and users as possible because as a social media influencer, that's what makes them money. Here are some predictions that social media YouTubers make. Let's see. Where are the predictions? They were right about none of the time. I'm just kidding. <laughs> Where's the deal? Nonetheless. Uh, look back. Top financial influencers. Here we go. Influencer stock predictions from 2021. And they don't just influence stock predictions. They influence you know, tax, uh, tax strategies and things like that. Using the past two years as evidence, uh, this researcher discovered that only one of the YouTubers had a stock prediction that gave a return of 5%, a notable difference from the S&P's return of 3. What world year are we in? 
The other two YouTubers disastrously suggested stocks that led to a minus 53% return and a minus 68% return. This goes back to even farther than social media. And the, the investing newsletters are still a thing. They're not as popular as they used to be. But no matter what financial content you are ingesting, digesting, whatever, you have to consider the source. Consider the agenda. Because the agenda will tell you everything. We know what the agenda of a social media person is. One, they're most likely not tax experts or financial experts. They are great communicators that have amassed a great following. They're very business and marketing people. They're not financial, legal, or tax experts, or even political experts. Same thing with the, the, the email newsletters that were a thing. Still, it still is. Now, if they're going to give you a free newsletter with the greatest stock tips known to man, is what they say, why are they giving it away for free? No great investment idea is going to come for free. Because if it were so great, people would keep it a secret. So you got to consider that. Consider the agenda. Consider the source. So we can go all day long on that note away from social media financial advice and just financial advice in general. The agenda for most the radio people are bad at this. And I, you know, people could probably make a case maybe I'm this way to a certain degree. I don't think so. But I'm open for a debate. I don't push anything. I don't push books. I don't push live events. I don't push anything other than you listen to this show. Listen, don't listen. I hope you like the content. If you don't, you don't have to listen. But it is an alternative to the baby step oversimplified financial talk that's out there that has an agenda. The agenda is to sell you every program they have. If you're a business owner, they got a program. If you're a regular person, they got a program. There's a live event for you. There's some books and all this stuff to buy. That's the business. You know, oh, we can call our, our preferred providers. These used to be ELPs, whatever they call them. There's nothing wrong with it. That's a great business model. But it forces everything to have an agenda. It makes it very hard for you, someone who's consuming this information, to know if they're telling you the truth. Are they staring you down this path because it's going to upsell you more, or are they staring down you down this path because it's what's in your best interest? And I'll answer the question for you the majority of the time. If someone has something to sell you, you're not going to get unbiased advice. You're going to get their biased advice, their advice that could be better for them or their company more so than you. And it doesn't always have to come from a big financial institution. It could come from master marketers, whether it's on the radio, on TV, or on social media. So how do you protect yourself? It's not that difficult to protect yourself. You don't need to be a you know cynical on all aspects of financial advice. A lot of young people come up and say, well, you don't need a financial planner. You well, there's many aspects where you can do it yourself, but there's also many aspects where you cannot do as well a job for yourself. If you have a team of people around you, and it could just be one person that kind of dictates small roles on your team, it begins with an independent fee-only CFP. 
If whoever is quarterbacking the major decisions of your financial life, whether it be investment, retirement, estate planning, tax planning, whatever, if you're not including on that team a independent, someone who is not employed by a huge financial institution, someone who has the top designation of the business in the business of CFP, and who has decided to take a stand against conflict of interest and beefy only. If you had that person, you could just bounce off these crazy ideas off this person and go, they can say, well, that one's pretty good. That one's not very good. I hope that makes some sense. You have options. You have a way to protect yourself. But here's the kind of the moral of this segment. Don't blindly trust anyone you see on social media. Don't blindly trust anyone you hear over the radio. Don't blindly trust anyone you see on TV. Get that information verified because when someone's in the media, they're just trying to get you to watch, listen, or click. And that's their agenda. All right, I'm Jason Qualls, Certified Financial Planner. This is Financial Coaching Radio. Got a good show lined up for you today. After the break, we'll talk about Aretha Franklin and her estate planning case, what we can learn from it, the to-dos and not-to-dos. This is Financial Coaching Radio. Stick around right here on WGNS. Back right after this. plan? I'm not talking about a worthless binder full of pretty charts and graphs. Are you certain you're on track to reach all your financial goals? A comprehensive financial plan is about so much more than just your IRA and mutual funds. It involves risk management, tax planning, professional investment management, retirement, and estate planning. Make sure your entire financial life is in order by calling me, Jason Qualls, a commission-free certified financial planner at 878-2134 or go to my website, jasonquallscfp.com. Buying a house is stressful and so is shopping for a mortgage. Take my advice and get a second opinion on the mortgage for your new home or your refinance. Not all banks and mortgage companies are created equal. Trust me on this. Call my friend Marshall Sparkman with Franklin Synergy Bank at 615-439-0885. Great team, great process, and the best rates. Marshall Sparkman with Franklin Synergy Bank at 615-439-0885. I love this Welcome back to Central Coaching Radio. I'm Jason Qualls, Certified Financial Planner. Joining now is John Baker, estate planning attorney. BakerCouncil.com is the web address for Mr. Baker. John, welcome back to the show. Hey, thanks, Jason. Great to be here. So we've been talking about this for a few weeks. We've got the Aretha Franklin estate planning case in the news, and a lot of major uh, financial publications have covered it. And this was – I didn't know anything about it other than there was a – a lawsuit having to deal with her estate. Do we know how large it ended up being? I heard one estimate, $80 million. I'm not sure it was even that high. Yeah, I think there's been different numbers speculating. I, I saw one, I think it said something like $8 million. So, of course, you know, it's hard to necessarily put a dollar figure on, on what all her rights and, and uh, sure. uh, intellectual property would be worth, you know, going forward through the years and 
you know, what debts and other things that may have been involved. But uh, it was certainly uh, significant enough that the family, you know, ended up in litigation to determine whether there was a will or, or not. So what's the importance of determining if there is a will? Yeah, so, so if there is a valid will, then, of course, that's going to direct who's going to be the executor or administrator of the estate, and it's going to identify the beneficiaries. And so, so it's a very important document, and it's, you know, it's a part of a, 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 it's a, you know, a core document of, of any estate plan is to have a will. And I found that this is, you said this before the show, I'm still reading, the Michigan jury found that a handwritten document found in between Aretha Franklin's couch cushions, cushions is a valid will. Why was it there? Yeah, so so you know it's really really hard to say. You know we didn't we Just, don't have that information, and and maybe it was presented to the jury. I, I suspect the circumstances as best as they knew them was submitted, but you know it's fairly complicated litigation. They have to hire handwriting experts, and and uh, you know there's a lot of difficult things. You got to go through all the process of a jury trial, and you put it in the hands of a jury. You know the whole decision comes down to what this jury says. And, you know, in, in estate planning, you know, one of the goals is to keep your family out of litigation, and that's one of the reasons you do planning. And so, you know, it certainly would have been better in her case to have, you know, have had a, 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 a will that was formally prepared, you know, through legal uh, advice and, and legal counsel and, and uh, you know, but so for we're not whatever reasons. Whose handwriting it is. Right. For whatever reasons, that wasn't done in this case, and, and it became much more complicated and ended up in a jury trial. So there's not one but two handwritten documents that were discovered in her home that were purported to be wills. So that was also adding to the debate, which one yeah, is the so that, that makes it even more confusing and, and uh, you know, more things for the court. And so the in Tennessee, about. which is where we are, can you have a handwritten will? And what is the, you know, obviously prepared by a legal expert versus handwriting one? There are obvious, you know. Yeah. So, it, upsides. so, but so, what is the real issue with a handwritten will? Yeah. So, so, so it, the the requirements in Tennessee are that the material provisions of the will be entirely in the handwriting of the decedent and and signed by the decedent, and you have to have witnesses to prove the handwriting of the decedent. So, something similar was probably applicable in the Aretha Franklin case, and that's why they had to have handwriting experts to verify that the document was her handwriting and that it was signed by her. But that's the essential legal requirements. Now, as, as a, from a planning perspective, you know, you never want to make a handwritten will, you know, the centerpiece of your estate planning. You know, you, again, you want a properly prepared formal will. Uh, it, it, you know, if if you have an informal handwritten will, uh, you know, you're much more likely to have uh, problems. And, and, of course, that was the case in Aretha Franklin's estate. So I'm just reading the details. It's so wild. Neither will, obviously, a document was prepared by an attorney. The earlier will, written in 2010, was found in a locked cabinet was signed on every page and notarized while the later will was written in 2014 was found underneath a couch cushion in a spiral notebook is that the one they went with yeah they did go with the 2014 will uh, i'm not sure exactly how the issues were presented to to the jury and what they were required to decide but obviously one of the issues they had to decide was whether the 2014 will was a valid will 
because if it was, and that is what the jury decided here, then it will supersede the early, any earlier will. So if there was a 2010 valid will, well, it was superseded by the 2014 will. Because they proved it was her handwriting and all that. Right, because they proved it was a more recent will, and it was in her handwriting, and it met the requirements of of that state's law. And it obviously had to complicate things. The two documents, the one that was in the lockbox and the one that was found under the couch cushion, they divided up assets differently. Yeah, (laughs) and and from what I understand, the primary issue that, that was leading to dispute was who would be in charge of administering this estate, because as you alluded to earlier, you know, the, the, it, it could be a large estate. It obviously involves uh, intellectual property and, 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 and recording rights and, and, you know, whatever rights she had as an artist and, 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 and has potential, you know, great value moving forward. And so whoever is appointed the executor or the administrator is going to have a lot of uh, power in deciding how to administer those assets moving forward and and, and and getting it distributed to the beneficiaries. As I understand, the the dispute was more about that than it was about who the beneficiaries are. As I understand, um, all three of her uh, sons are, are beneficiaries, so there is no child excluded. There was one other child who, who was disabled in special needs, who, and it who, seems like she wrote that part out and by hand. So. Yeah, and it, so provision for him had already been made, and he had settled his interest, so he was not part of the dispute. It was the it was the three other children, who are all beneficiaries, but there were still other issues such as be, who's the executor that they were arguing over. No, we don't live in a in a town. Well, we live close to a town with a lot of celebrities, but you know, I don't work with celebrity clients. But I'm still, I've always had a hard time wrapping my brain around. And if you're just joining in, we're talking about Aretha Franklin's recent uh, updates in her estate planning dispute or her will dispute. John Baker is here. BakerCouncil.com is his web address. But these celebrities that have access you know, financially to some of the brightest minds in the world, whether it be legal or otherwise, and they just really regret or they do not plan properly on this front. It's always, is there not one person in these people's lives say, hey, we got to get this done? Yeah, you know, I almost think it's, it shows us that even though celebrities may have, have, have great wealth and, and, and other notoriety, they're still humans, and they still have the human frailties and, 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 and faults that we all have. And, and one of those is, is a, I think, just an in, innate... Uh, dislike to having to address these issues you know nobody really wants to think about their death and and how to distribute things and any complicated issues they may have in their family it's it's much easier to put those things off and avoid them and and do other things uh that that may be more pleasant so so it's it's a human uh nature i think to to uh, kind of put the estate planning on the back burner and uh, and so I think celebrities, you know, they're no different from anybody else. You know, they're subject to those same things, even though they have access to, to planners and attorneys and, and, and the, you know, the financial uh, wherewithal, you know, to, to do sophisticated planning that they may need, but they still don't do it. So yeah, you know, they're humans like the rest of us is kind of my take from all of that. <laughs> this is our longtime entertainment attorney had advised her to leave a formal will in place. However, being the private individual she was, she was reluctant to share such information with other individuals, such as an attorney. That's interesting. Yeah, you think she would just kind of felt maybe 
she didn't have as much as she once had and maybe she's or just you know, I, I don't. It's nobody's business but mine. <laughs> yeah, and and you know, and she is she is an artist. You know, she's not an accountant or or a financial advisor or or a you know that's not her primary skill. She's she's an artist, and 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 maybe that's just how she felt. You know, and 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 uh, and so that's that's how she she, she uh, did it. And uh, and who knows, she may have intended at some point to do a you know properly prepared will, which. Uh, and it just didn't happen again because there's this tendency to put off that planning. And in Tennessee, you have to find the original document on the, the will, right? You can't have a copy or a copy of a copy or an online copy. It has to be the original signed copy, right? Yes. So, so with wills, you know, original, it is very important. It is much harder to probate a copy of a document than it is the original will. Will they do it? Uh, in certain circumstances, they can do it, but there's a presumption in the law that if we can't find a will and all we have is a copy, there's a presumption that it, the uh, that the person who made the will had actually revoked it. And so someone has to overcome that presumption if they want to probate a copy, and that can be difficult to do. All good stuff, all relating to the Aretha Franklin estate planning case with John Baker, estate planning attorney. This is Financial Coaching Radio. Back right after this. financial plan? I'm not talking about a worthless binder full of pretty charts and graphs. Are you certain you're on track to reach all your financial goals? A comprehensive financial plan is about so much more than just your IRA and mutual funds. It involves risk management, tax planning, professional investment management, retirement, and estate planning. Make sure your entire financial life is in order by calling me, Jason Qualls, a commission-free certified financial planner at 878-2134. Or go to my website, jasonquallscfp.com. Buying a house is stressful, and so is shopping for a mortgage. Take my advice and get a second opinion on the mortgage for your new home or your refinance. Not all banks and mortgage companies are created equal. Trust me on this. Call my friend Marshall Sparkman with Franklin Synergy Bank at 615-439-0885. Great team, great process, and the best rates. Marshall Spark with Franklin Synergy Bank at 615-439-0885. Welcome back to Financial Coaching Radio, the one show giving you the truth about personal finance, no books to sell, no financial products to push. We'll leave that to the other shows. I'm Jason Qualls, Certified Financial Planner. JasonQualsCFP.com for all about me. Still here to talk estate planning is John Baker, attorney, BakerCouncil.com. John, let's talk about community property. Sure. Is community property something that we deal with in Tennessee? So Tennessee is is not really a community property estate. So community property, separate property, these are legal um, means in which property is titled and held. In a community property state such as California, 
you know, the basic premise is that a, a married couple, regardless of whose name is on the title of the property, is that they're the key co-owners. Part? Regardless. Regardless of whose name is on the title. Is it only in real estate or is it other assets? Well, it, it could be other assets as well. Now, in Tennessee, we're a separate property state, which means that whose name is on the title for legal purposes matters. So if, if, if the husband's name is on the title, then he's the owner. If the wife's name's on the title, if she's the owner, or if they're both on the title, then they're the, both the owners, and we have a category of property for that called tenants by the entireties. So these are legal categories. So that these, you know, these are legal. These these terms have legal meaning, and 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 they categorize you know the types of property you know when they're jointly held. So how know, do you, husband uh, and wife? Is it title? You know, whatever is a lot of community property states. I think New York is one. Uh, Arizona, California. There's several. So if you buy a house and you're married, but only your name is on the, 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 the document, legal document, it's still jointly owned. What's the logic behind that? So how do you get just certain property in certain person's name in a community property state? Yeah, so, um, and I'm not an expert in all the nuances of it, and there certainly are nuances to it. Um, and I imagine in most states there is a way to hold separate property, but, it, but it's going to have to be designated that in such a way that meets that state's law. Otherwise, it will be more advanced property. estate planning, maybe. Yeah, you know, you'll have to make sure it is titled in a way to be uh, separate property, and and that's going to depend on the state's law in that community property state. So amazing. Yeah. Now, what tenant, was the logic you think behind that? I think it's just it's just different ways, uh, different policy underlying policy considerations. I mean, these are like core categories of property so these are kind of just basic basic tenets of, of title law and property law and in a community property state you know the probably the interest there was that uh, making sure that that in a marital relationship that they both ha- have an interest and so I'm sure it ties into that uh, separate property states which, which are most of your states you know east of the Mississippi River uh, uh, you know look at it different they look to the legal title on, on the uh, property. Now, Tennessee, in recent years, has enacted something called a community property trust. So if a married couple in, a, in, a, in an appropriate trust designates the property in that trust to be community property, then it can be categorized, you know, it will be held in that manner. And the purpose of that type of trust in Tennessee is really, it's a tax planning uh, uh, tool primarily uh, to uh, to get a uh, a, a tax uh, benefit when we talk about capital gains and 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 how those taxes work when when we when you sell property. There's some adjustments or changes in the community property stepped up basis. I see, but it's not something we deal with in Tennessee. So about titling assets in the state of Tennessee, you know how you set it up initially with whoever you're buying the property with or add what if you add a person later how all those things matter right there it's whatever the legal document as far as the the property title when you pass away that's what's the the end all be all and so for the married couple in tennessee it's called tenants by the entireties and that's a special category of jointly owned property between husband and wife so if husband and wife own property, you know, jointly named, then it's presumed to be what we call tenants by the entireties. And that category provides a certain level of asset protection. And I'm kind of simplifying it here, but if one spouse gets sued 
and the other spouse is not liable for that liability, um, then whoever the third party is, you know, making claim cannot come take that property from from the other spouse. It, it will continue to be protected. So that's that's tenants by the entireties, and which is what is com- which is what most husband and wife deeds of of real estate will be in Tennessee. So when you see your your name and your wife's name jointly as the owners on your deed, that's tenants by the entireties in Tennessee. And we also have a choice not to title it that way, right? That's right, and then it would have need to be word, the worded is a separate property. So you could do you could word it different, but but the presumption is going to be if that deed says husband and wife, it's going to be presumed to be tenants by the entireties, unless there's a different uh, intent noted somewhere in the deed. Any other common account titling or Tennessee specific as it relates to larger assets that you know, that makes our state a. a a good state to be in or you know a, a negative state to be in as it relates to estate planning what are the unique nuances of tennessee estate planning law well probably in, in the last 15 years or so uh the biggest development in tennessee has, has been the evolution of trust law we have become a uh, popular state for trust planning uh that we have statutory specific types of trust our legislature has passed a version of the uh, uh, uniform trust code that has come out and uh, so so Tennessee has done a lot to to make Tennessee attractive for trust planning uh, we have a, uh, uh, a a trust sometimes it's called a domestic asset protection trust in Tennessee it's a Tennessee investment services trust there's a special statutory trust there that that can do a lot of different things uh, that may be uh, important to some people we've got uh, a whole code that talks about trust revocable trust and so it's really uh, uh, just been a whole evolution of, of Tennessee law in that regard so that's been the biggest development making it more estate planning friendly yes particularly as it relates to the trust John Baker estate planning attorney bakercouncil.com local phone number 896-5621 but online baker council.com john i appreciate it all right great great to be here jason thanks this is financial coaching radio stick around we're back right after this are your investments costing you each year most people don't have a clue why is this extremely important because overpaying by just one percent a year in fees and expenses can reduce your account balance at retirement by 28 percent you heard me right 28 percent less at retirement i'm commission free certified financial planner jason qualls i don't sell financial products I don't accept commissions or kickbacks from investment companies. Give me a call today for a free unbiased investment review at 878-2134 or visit my website jasonqualscfp.com. A recent undercover study found that over 89% of paid tax preparers made mistakes. You heard me right, over 89%. Is your tax person making mistakes? Tax mistakes cost you money and may even lead to an IRS audit. I recommend you get a second opinion on your tax return today by calling Tuthero Helen Welch CPAs at 848-1072. 
Tellero Helen Welch has been providing tax services to individuals and businesses for over 50 years. So call them today at 848-1072 or go to thwcpa.com. Premier Six Theater on Broad in Jackson Heights. Let's all go do the movies. Check out what's showing at MurfreesboroMovies.com. Popcorn popped fresh daily. Premier Six on Broad in Jackson Heights. I am with you, and Financial Coaching Radio is with you every weekday, Monday through Friday, 4 o'clock right here on WGNS online, anytime at financialcoachingradio.com. There's ever a topic you're not sure about, want to hear more, hear more about, click email the show or any of the social media links at financialcoachingradio.com. You can also email me directly, jasonqualcfp.com. We want to talk about the topics you want to hear about because so much in the financial world today is centered on how an advisor can separate you from your money to charge a fee sell you a financial product that may or may not be in your best interest so if there's something hey talk more about this talk more about that love to hear your feedback we'll get right up on it but remember you can listen to all the past shows anytime anywhere at financialcoachingradio.com if you're looking to learn more about what I do, how I do it, what makes my financial planning practice so unique, go to jasonqualscfp.com. And it's unique because and there's more, like I told you a couple weeks ago, there's probably more by now. I'm, I'm probably not the, the, as, as few and far between as I used to be. And if you're one of those guys out there doing things the right way, you are fee only, you are a CFP, you are independent. I want to hear from you. Hey, Britt, let's talk on the show. Let's get on the radio. Let's help people. All right, until next time, keep it locked in right here on WGNS. I'll be back at you tomorrow, same time, same channel.